Hello and welcome to In Conversation with Lisa Burke. Thanks to everyone who has downloaded the podcast and left a review. It really does help and it's great to see some growing support out there. I very much appreciate it. Thank you also for the feedback and email suggesting future subjects. Today we're going to talk about studying in the UK and changes to tuition fees for EU students from 2021 academic year onwards. And to help me navigate this topic, I'm joined by John Speed, who is the secretary of the Cambridge Society of Luxembourg. And just to introduce you, John, a little bit. John, a while ago, you read economics at Cambridge and then you worked as an economic planning officer in Botswana in rural development. A bit of management consultancy back in London after that. And then you worked here in Luxembourg at the European Court of Auditors for about 30 years, becoming director and acting secretary general. And since 2014, you've been actively helping to guide students and parents who might want to choose the UK as a study place. So welcome, John. Thank you very much indeed, Lisa. Thank you. I'm very glad to be here. It's you who brought to my attention Mm. this incredibly important change that is going to happen to potential students from the EU who want to study in the UK. So just to open up, really, how much interest have you seen amongst students in Luxembourg wanting to study in the UK pre-Brexit? Well, it's been quite considerable, actually. Every year we've had a lot of students coming to the stands at the Étudiant, the student fair that's held every year in November, and also the information evening that the UK ambassador organises about studying in UK universities. Before the pandemic, we've been having 350 or so people coming, parents and students. So there's a great deal of interest. And briefly, could you just describe to us what a student from Luxembourg, either a European national or let's say somebody with a British passport, could have had? What could they have afforded in university life in the UK? I can tell you what the financial arrangements were for students and what have been up to and including this year, in fact, because the UK is still linked into the EU as we go through the transition period to the end of the year. The UK introduced tuition fees for the universities a number of years ago, but because the UK was part of the single market in the EU, they were not able to charge higher fees for EU students than for students in the UK itself, for so-called home students. And And so the current level of fees, which will apply to the people who are going to university this year, is £9,250 per year, which is quite a lot of money. But the students also receive, they're eligible for a loan to cover that from the UK Student Loan Company. So although it means that the student ends up with a debt, they're able to have their studies financed uh, reasonably comfortably. And in addition, students from Luxembourg are eligible for financial support from the Luxembourg government through SEDES, the agency of the Ministry of Education, which runs this. Which is very generous compared to other countries, in fact. It is quite a generous package, yes. Just thinking again, before we move on to post-Brexit, pre-Brexit, Scotland had a different setup. Yes, Scotland, they 
a little bit complicated, but the result was that students from Luxembourg going to Scottish universities didn't pay any tuition fees at all. Tuition fees in Scotland for people living in Scotland are much lower than those in the rest of the UK. 1,820, if my memory serves me correctly. But in fact, for students from Luxembourg, the Scottish government paid that for them. So the students here didn't have to pay anything. It was free. And so quite a few Luxembourg students have been applying to Scottish universities. And if they weren't aware, they were very much better off than English students. Ah, yeah, that's right. Because English students had to pay the full English tuition fee of 9,250. Luxembourg students were privileged vis-a-vis their English counterparts in Scottish universities. But now moving on to the very serious situation for potential students of the future who want to study in British universities, and that really includes all of Britain now, it's becoming more unified in at least this approach. What will be the situation post-Brexit? Yes. Well, earlier this year in the summer, the UK government took decisions that they would stop They had no choice, really, I think, uh, given the decisions they'd taken regarding Brexit, that they would no longer be able to offer home fee levels to students coming from the EU, and so that students from the EU would be like any other international student from anywhere else around the world, and they would have to pay international fees. And there would be no support through the loan scheme for the international students. Now, the international fees are very, very much higher. I know you have some examples. Perhaps you can pick out a few. I mean, I think everybody knows that there's a range of costs between the humanities moving through maths to the science, engineering and up to the top medicine and veterinary science are the most expensive for perhaps obvious reasons, the need of lab work and Mm. things like this. You've amassed quite a range of examples. So if you could just run through some of them to give an idea of what people will have to pay potentially in the future, in the close future. Okay, let me start with my old university, because that's the one I know most about, Cambridge University, which is one of the most expensive. There, the range of fees per year range from just over £22,000 up to nearly £60,000 for medicine. So with architecture being 30000 science and engineering to 34000 But in addition to those fees at collegiate universities like Oxford and Cambridge, there are college fees to be paid, and that amounts to another, roughly varies from college to college, but about 10,000. So if you're wanting to study economics, for example, in Cambridge, from 21, 22 onwards, you will be paying £32,000 per year in fees, which is a big difference over the 9250 at the moment. It's really a huge difference. And just looking through the LSE London School of Economics, we have Imperial College, just um, to pick out two of the examples you mm. have based in London, their fees again range from about £22,000 up to about £44,000. But we all know that living in London <laughs> is very expensive. Yes, so that's it, right, it, that's it right, really yeah. is an incredible difference. And even now moving across to Scotland, for example, and Queen's University in Belfast, could you talk to us about the other options available Mm. in terms of cost? Yes, okay. The fees do vary from university to university. For example, the University of Kent, they start at about £16,000, £17,000 per year. But I would say that the bottom is generally around £20,000 and then it goes up quite frequently into £30,000 and always medicine as you were saying, is very expensive. So, for example, the University of Edinburgh, clinical medicine, it's £50,000 per year. 
Queen's Belfast also, you know, they have a very good medical school there. You pay nearly £42,000 and they've recently introduced in the last year or so an additional £10,000 clinical placement fee, they call it. So, you know, these are very, very large amounts. And given that there is no loan system to support the student, they have to find that out of what is available, for example, from SEDIS. And it doesn't cover that by any means. There are very few scholarships available at undergraduate level. So it really means that you have to have it's independent independent sources of funds. You need to come from a wealthy family to be able to afford this. This is like going to study now in America. Their fees are very, very high. The people who can afford to go and study in the United States are normally those who have got wealthy parents behind them. Well, you've brought up a few issues there. The first thing, just to jump back to your point on SETIs, could you just tell us what SETIs does offer students at the moment? Yes, Okay, There are quite a lot of different bits of what they offer. Part of it is grant and part of it is loan. I haven't totted it all up together, but for example, they pay 2,100 per year as a basic grant. And then if you're studying outside Luxembourg, you get another 2,572. And then there are certain things which are linked to the amount of income from your family. You can get a grant of up to nearly 4,000 euro per year, depending on the income of your parent. If you have another child in the family also at university, there is a so-called family grant of about €500 per semester. And then there is an optional student loan with a very low interest rate of €6,500 per year. So when you add all that together, it is quite a good package. They have also an amount which is only €3,700, which is paid to cover the university registration fee, i.e. the tuition fees. So if you're paying £50,000, you will only get €3,000 700 euro towards that from SEDIS. So even though the Luxembourg government SEDIS is incredibly generous compared Mm. to other countries, it's still not really tapping into that hugely different amount compared to what students are lucky enough to be paying at the moment, which is even more than a lot of European universities. Yes, yes. yes. I mean, really, I tend to look upon the SEDIS funding as covering your living expenses. With these costs, it is, as you just said, akin to US universities almost. Mm. So two things are happening. It looks as though the UK universities are becoming more elitist because one has to have those personal funds from your family, perhaps, in order to study or take out an enormous loan somehow. Or you would also think about potentially going to study in the US because if the costs are similar, why not choose the US? I don't know too much about the US system. I think their fees are even higher. They are. I do remember, actually, we had a student a couple of years ago here in Luxembourg who had received an offer to study at Stanford, an extremely good American university. His fees were going to be an enormous amount of money. I mean, it was over $100,000. And they were offering him a scholarship of $40,000. But then he still had to find $60,000. So he said, well, you know, I can't take up that. I'm going to try to get into Cambridge. But you're quite right. And this is a question which UK universities have expressed concern about that by pushing the European students onto international fees, it does mean that that particular group of students, if they get any, will tend to be a rather undiverse group. They will be from the wealthy people in Europe. And they regret that because they've appreciated enormously having, you know, up to 10% of their students coming from 
the countries of the European Union, which has given them a greater degree of diversity, different backgrounds of students and so on, and really, really uh, very positive aspects of that sort of thing, they're likely to lose it. And the sadness is when one is studying so hard through those difficult teenage years, you're thinking about where will I study, what will I study, Mm. trying to make Mm. these big decisions about your future life. On top of that, people now have to think about huge financial implications, which is a concern. There is one very important exception to this that we need to talk about, and that is for the children of UK citizens, even if those children are not British citizens themselves. But if they are living in the EU, they will still be eligible for home fees up until the 1st of January 2028. The government has introduced this transitional thing for UK citizens, basically. This was a little bit of a surprise, but obviously for UK citizens living in Luxembourg and other EU countries, they will still benefit from the lower home fees for several years to come. And of course, you know, of the Luxembourg students who go to British universities every year, quite a few of them are UK citizens. You know, there are a lot of people from the UK living and working in Luxembourg, and they tend to look to the UK as the place where their their children go to university. They often do because it's what they've come (coughs) from, it's what they know. But that leads to a different issue because those of us with children here who might be looking to the UK in the future, there's a lot of people who go to English-speaking schools here, and they would be looking to English-speaking universities, probably in the future. So that brings up the question of what happens on the 1st of January 2028. Would they send their child back to school in the UK beforehand? Well, that will definitely be one of the options they will have to think through because, I mean, already some people do that. I know quite a few uh, English families here who sent their children to school in the UK in order to do A-levels rather than the European Baccalaureate or the International Baccalaureate. They decided that it would be better for them to uh, get A-levels and get into the UK University system that way. So that has already been happening. And I mean, we've got no idea what will happen after the 1st of January 2028, whether the government will extend that transition. My personal view, and it's nothing but a personal view, would be I'd be very surprised if they did that, because there still remains the issue, which uh, I personally am very uncomfortable with, which is that if you are a UK citizen living outside the EU, in Canada, in Australia, in Egypt, you know, anywhere else, you have always only been eligible for the international fees. You have not been able to qualify for the home fees unless you return to the UK for a number of years to go to school there in order to get the qualification to go into a UK university with home fees. That's why a lot of them, the kids are in boarding school in the UK in order to make that transition possible for them. It also opens up the real thought that Ireland and the Netherlands, where there are lots of courses in English, will be oversubscribed with anybody coming from Luxembourg who may want to study in English. That's certainly true. The fee situation across Europe are, are very, very different. Anywhere where there are English language courses, and they are growing everywhere, will become more and more attractive. So many people want to choose to study in English for, is true. Very for instance, so. for the sciences or for finance or for business. I'm sure that's right. And I mean, the Luxembourg school system is having an increasing number of courses in English. The new international school that's just opened in Clairvaux. So that is absolutely right. I mean, you know, English is sort of this international lingua franca. So students of all nationalities are keen to study in it. It leads me on to a slightly bigger question, which is 
what is the point of universities? Do you feel, and I know this is not your area of expertise, do you feel they're moving pace with the rate at which the world around us is changing? There have been lots of conversations about how a university education given its very nature, is highly academic. Yes, there are some skills which we absolutely need. We will need medics in the future. We will need vets. We will need engineers, etc. Economists, the like, for sure. But we probably also need the plumbers, the electricians. So what is your, it will be a personal view, on how the university system is keeping pace? And should we be opening up the field of education and skill getting in a much broader term? Yeah, it's a very, very interesting subject indeed. And I mean, I have some views on it, even if I'm not an expert in it at all. I have always been a great believer in the UK tradition of university education as a non-vocational course. You are taught to think, to analyse, to be critical, and so on. For example, Cambridge University does not offer accountancy as a subject. The courses are often not vocational. Now, that clearly is not true in the sciences, uh, architecture, medicine, and so on. Then there, clearly, they are. But also, the underlying philosophy of the university education given is to teach you to to think, to analyse and to have a critical mind. And I think that is great. On the other hand, I fully agree with what you say that in all too many places, and I would put the UK as one of them, we have failed to give sufficient attention to the important skills and vocational subjects such as plumbing, electronics and so on and so forth. Now, I have a strong connection with Sweden and I do notice a big difference between Sweden and the UK whereby the electricians, plumbers, carpenters, builders and so on, they have a much higher status than they do in the UK. And they are very highly qualified. They are extremely competent. And the quality of the work that they do is very high, by and large, generally. I mean, (laughs) always there are (laughs) exceptions. But, I mean, we have always been very impressed with that. And engineers, you know, it's well known that engineers have high status in Germany. Whereas they don't. I mean, my father was a mechanical engineer working in the nuclear industry, and my brother-in-law is also an engineer. And they always have complained at the lack of status of engineers compared to accountants and lawyers. I think you've put your finger on a very important point there. That's true. The cultural differences and what we value Mm. in different places. But the other point of this, of course, is that skilled workers from a young age can start earning money. Mm. Whereas if you're going to go into one of these expensive university courses, you'll come out in a fair amount of debt with some of the courses. That is true. And there is quite a good debate going on in the UK at the moment as to are all these university courses preparing people adequately for the future. It's becoming clear that more and more university graduates are not earning what was called the graduate premium when they went out into the the market. They're not getting higher salaries. They're often doing jobs which are below their intellectual level, if you like, simply because of the way that the market is. So it is an interesting and a difficult subject because on the other hand, you know, the opening up of university education to a much wider tranche of the population is very, very important. My university, Cambridge, is doing an enormous amount to try to get more people from 
different diverse backgrounds in the UK from underprivileged places, you know, the inner cities and so on. And they've been very <coughs> successful in achieving that. Well, it's, it's a long process, but they are being successful and they're devoting a lot of resources to it. I know quite a lot about that in my, my own old college where they actually have a team who spend time in the east end of London and uh, so on, w- working with schools and parents. Because often it's, often it's the teachers who say, oh, you'll never get to Cambridge. Oh, no, you know, you're wasting your time trying that. Where, when we're saying, no, you know, there are some really, really bright kids there and, and they will benefit and it will be good for society as well as for them if they... Uh, Which is the sadness yeah. about this whole situation where uh, mm. the expenses are going up and the diversity will go down as a consequence yes, of, yes. of that link to money. John, where can they get further information on all of this? Well, that's, yes, that's very good. I'm glad you've, you've said that because although we in the Cambridge Society of Luxembourg, we are somewhat depressed by these decisions that have been taken as a consequence of the decision of the UK to leave the European Union because it means that one of our, the key parts of our activity, which is to promote universities to students here, will be much harder, but we will continue to do it. And so students will be able to find information from us at the student fair, the Foire de l'Étudiant, which will be a virtual exercise this year. We will be having a stand there. And we have a website, www.cambridge.lu. So, you know, one can contact us there. Oxford has the same. And there are several alumni societies. So there are plenty of opportunities to find out. And, you know, there's never any harm in finding out and seeing what you can do. Uh, so if you are nonetheless interested in still trying to study in the UK, then then do contact the various people who can give information and we will do everything we can to provide the information that you need. And just a final word to our ambassador, British ambassador here, John Marshall, who's also done a lot to help students, potential students to British universities. He's opened up the the conversation with many more universities, I believe. That Yeah, that's right. I mean, John Marshall has been excellent in encouraging. You know, we, we initially had a, an Oxford and Cambridge information evening uh, once a year. When he came, he wanted to expand this to all UK universities and we were very pleased that this happened because it made the thing a a more valuable and a larger thing for students in Luxembourg. So John has been absolutely uh, first class in doing what he's done and his staff in the embassy. They really have worked very, very hard. Uh, We managed to have a virtual information evening this year. We couldn't meet in the usual way, but this was uh, extremely valuable for students and and I'm sure John will continue to to do that. And John, to you, thank you so much for your time, for your dedication to helping students from Luxembourg, which has been your home for so much of your life, who may want to study at Cambridge or at any other British university. And of course, we will put on all of the websites onto the article attached to this piece. Thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, if you have any questions, you can email me, you can get in touch. I won't have the answers to the university questions, but always with new ideas, please just send us a line at 
uh, RTL today and you can get in touch with us with the various social media links and any further questions about the universities you can ask through John Speed at the Cambridge Society of Luxembourg and of course the British Embassy will also be able to help with many of your questions and we will keep our eyes on this very difficult to comprehend subject in the years as we move forward. Thank you, John. Thank you very much indeed, Lisa. Thank you. Mm-hmm.